Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diadana, along with our assistant sports editor, Will Kennedy. Um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. we got plenty of football, college, and uh, high school stuff to, to talk about, uh, as well as uh, some other sports, too, especially volleyball. This is kind of like our big volleyball week. Um, so we're going to start there. I mean, we had some pretty epic matches in a high school and college uh, with lots of stuff on the line, a couple of five setters with uh, big time implications on the line, which is really rare. That's not always uh, what happens, uh, but uh, it did. Zealand East and Zealand West played a five setter with first place in the OK Green on the line, and then also just as surprising or as newsworthy. Uh, Holland Christian and Hamilton, who normally play five set five set matches. Yep. Did not. Um, so, so Will, let's start there. I mean, like that's, you know, I think what six of the last eight matchups heading into this week between those teams went five sets and I think Hamilton won them all. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to um, uh, Holland Chris's coach after the game and she told me that they had not uh, beat Hamilton in her tenure there. Um, but I don't know how long she's been at, at the school as, as a varsity coach, but um yeah, I think it's I mean, been four years. Yeah, I mean, so I know the seniors. I know for a fact the seniors had never beaten Hamilton on varsity before. Um, and you know, I was going into this, this is obviously my first volleyball season in the area. Um, and Dan, you'd obviously told me like, yeah, he's usually go five sets. These are pretty intense. Like Hamilton usually comes up on top, but they're usually pretty intense, and, and it's a good rivalry. And, and you know, I mean, the three sets were intense for the most part. I mean, I think yeah, they were close score wise. They were close. It was it was. 25 21 25 21 25 20 so they're all pretty close um the biggest lead any team had at any given point was eight it was when holland christian got out to an 8-0 run in the second set but then hamilton closed it to four um so they were all close um it's just so many hamilton had so many like missed serves that was probably the biggest thing they made so many unforced errors um right when it looked like they you know they get a point they get the serve and it's like big momentum's going to carry them. They just hit the serve out of bounds. Um, I don't know if there's a technical term for that in volleyball, but, but oh, service error. So yeah, they had a ton of service errors, like so much. So I lost track. Um, there's a lot. Um, and that, that was probably the, the, the edge in the game. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was fun. It, it was, it was good. Crowd was great. It was at Hamilton. Um, biggest volleyball crowd I've ever seen in my life. Uh, really, really, um, uh, raucous environment. I know, uh, Holland Christian's coach told me she was so proud of her, her team for just being able to handle that. The student section was packed and it was super loud. And that's saying something because I have bad hearing. Um, it was really <laughs> loud. Um, but it, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good first high school volleyball experience. And I was, I was surprised that it went three sets. Um, and Holland Christian just kind of made it, I don't want to say look easy, but you could tell who the more confident team was, especially towards the end. Um, when, um, you know, they got down 8-0 in that second set, Hamilton, I mean, they battled back. They didn't give up by any means, but you could tell that Holland Christian was kind of just like, all right, we got him on the ropes. Like we, we can just like kill this like right now and like, like end it right now. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's really interesting rivalry too. So you, you, you say how intense it was with the crowd and everything. Imagine a district final where both teams are ranked. Cause that's yeah, really, that, that's how it was. Like, I don't know if that was how it was last year, but the, the two or three previous years before they met in the district final three, like three, I think three years in a row and Holland or Hamilton was ranked very high all of those times. And, yeah. and I'm pretty sure Holland Christian was hovering around nine or 10 um, in most of those matches too. I mean, that was some insane volleyball. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we discussed it. I mean, they're both, they're both having solid seasons, but for, for the, where the program is, they're both having down years just because of kids that graduated last year, like AJ Edgar has gone and she's playing basketball at Iowa. So when you lose a, you know, six foot, whatever body like that in volleyball, that's going to be tough. For um, sure. For sure. Sure. Yeah, she was our player of the year the last two years. Yeah. I mean, she's fan, She's a fantastic athlete, just whatever she plays. Um, and Holland Christian, I'm, I'm not sure. I think they have a, a younger team. A lot of the juniors on their team are doing a lot of the, the work. Um, on last Wednesday, last Wednesday, I believe it was, or Thursday. Thursday, um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, they're just, they're young and they're developing, but they're still really good. So I think next year is going to be a lot of fun for all Christian volleyball. if they keep For up. sure, especially with the confidence, knowing that they've beaten Hamilton now, they've got kind of got that off their backs a little bit. Um, yeah. Those kind Hamilton of rivalries. Has a stud, though. Hamilton has one stud, uh, I forget her name. Oh, Gerilyn Hoppus. Yeah, and you start with yeah. Jay. Gerilyn Hoppus, that, 
that girl's insane. She did not leave the court for a second that night. And she had, she led the entire match in kills. She had 11 kills. Holland Christian's high kill um, um, total was 10. So yeah, she led the, the, the entire match in kills on the losing side. And it was just, she was, she was impressive. Yeah, for sure. She's a so, really, really great athlete too. For sure. So then I, that's at that same time when Will was wrapping up his story, my uh, my match was just going into the fourth set. I was at <laughs> Zealand East versus Zealand West. Um, and it was that rivalry is always good and intense and it was packed um, so much so that they had to pull the other, the other side of the Zealand East stands out because there was that many people wow. there, which is, I mean, which is big for them. That's a bigger that's a big, that's one of the bigger, it's a big venue. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that was definitely cool. Um, they've, their rivalries had interesting moments over the years. I mean, uh, I would say Zealand East has mostly had the upper hand overall in the span of time, but, uh, you know, Zealand West has had some great teams, uh, as well, you know, even just a couple years ago. So it kind of usually, it's a great rivalry, but you kind of know who's there's one team that's clearly favored on paper, at least. Yeah. Um, this one, they were both teams were undefeated in the green, six and zero in the green uh, at the t- at the time, and uh, it was for first place. The you know both teams you know had had interesting key pieces that had graduated from the year before, so like you know they're kind of feeling their own teams out and everything. Um, but it was it was nuts. It was just nuts. And Zealand Zealand West won the first two sets, and the second set Zealand East was ahead, and then Zealand West kind of surged ahead at the end, kind of took advantage of several Zealand East errors, yeah. and won that second set. So now all of a sudden Zealand West is up two zero, and you're and I'm thinking, I did not expect this. I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't expect. I mean, it necessarily, wouldn't have necessarily surprise me if they won, but you know, you're you're going into a third set wondering if Zealand West is going to sweep when, uh, you know, Zealand East. I'd say, at least from my perspective, pound for pound had better pieces overall. I think Zealand West has a couple of great pieces and some pieces that definitely impressed me. Um, but just at least going into the match, what I knew about both teams. I would have given, you know, the slight edge to Zealand East just because of the amount of kids that were known commodities, basically. Yeah. Um, and so it just came, it, it just, they, you know, they came off the floor the second set after the second set and just, uh, it looked like it was over based on the emotion of both teams. Yeah. You know, Zealand West could not be higher. Zealand East could not be lower. And somehow Zealand East started, clawing out of it and they freaking won in five sets uh they won three sets in a row um they served better they passed better um it was it was very impressive uh and just for high school i mean volleyball is a a sport of momentum anyway and it 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 ebbs and flows and you know goes back and forth quite a bit and you just kind of have to weather that storm because even the best teams are going to have they're going to have a run where the other team outscores them seven to one or seven to two. You know what I mean? It's just the way it goes. Um, But mentally in a high school rivalry with first place on the line after basically blowing the second set with errors at the end, they that's so impressive that they were able to mentally come back from that kind of flip the switch and just start, uh, you know, clawing their way back into it. And, and the fifth set was, was pretty epic. I mean, like 15, 12, uh, the lead was back and forth for a while too. So I like, it was, it was one of the best high school matches I've seen in a long time, especially because it was just so unexpected, not even necessarily that it went five sets, but the way it went five sets was just yeah. so unexpected. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't have surprised me if somehow East won that third set, got fired up, you know, we're not going to get swept. And then they lost in four, you know, or something like that, the way it was yeah. going, but but they they didn't. They turned it all the way around. I mean, a lot of it was because of their setter, Grace Seenwijk. She's a fantastic athlete, and she's a you know really good blocker, too. So she disrupts the other team on defense as much as she does on offense, where she can put it where every hitter on her team needs it. So um, that was very uh, – she had a very impressive match, and Katie Carlson and Ellie Hart had huge matches hitting-wise. 
Um, but for Zealand West, Abby Wynn had a huge match. I mean, she's one of the better athletes in the area too, playing a ton of sports. Yeah. Um, she definitely looked like an all-state player out there as well. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, did the best to keep her team in it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a great rivalry and it was a huge, they're, they're probably going to play again at least one more time, maybe for the conference title in the tournament and then maybe again in districts too. So this is just the start of what could be really, really fun. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And then but, I know we had a, another pretty volleyball match on Saturday. I know we were, we were both at Hope College events. I was at the Hope College football game. Dan was at the, the Hope Calvin volleyball game, which was battle of ranked opponents, top 10 opponents. Um, I uh, saw a clinical game, but Dan saw a much more intense game at the volleyball match, if you want to talk about that. To, to yeah, for sure. It was, it was uh, another epic proportion kind of volleyball match, except those are the ones you expect. Hope and Calvin, they were ranked. Calvin came in ranked four. Hope was six. Um, Hope won the MIAA tournament in the spring at Calvin um, with their new three middle hitter system that I'm sure all of you read about in the Sentinel. <laughs> um, but they, uh, they took, they figured it out in the spring and then they've kind of kept that momentum going, but obviously playing at Calvin is no easy task. And they, uh, you know, they split hope on the first set looked good in the second set and they blew it in the second set. Same kind of thing. They had some, key errors and Calvin cranked it up a notch won the second set and then Calvin won the third set and it was like okay um obviously they had the momentum and they were rolling and then Hope flipped the switch again won it in five sets and as epic as their rivalry has been so like in the past 11 years Calvin's won three national championships Hope's won one national championship they played each other a ton. They've played each other several times where they were ranked number one and two in the nation. They've played each other three times every year because they're in the MIAA final every year against each other. Sometimes even the national tournament, they'll play a fourth time. It's been since 2009 since Hope has won consecutive matches in the rivalry. Wow. And they have, and now they have. And, I mean, they've won. It's not like there's been several years where they've won one of the three yeah. Or even two of the three matchups, but they just weren't in a row. Well. Um, so it's not like, I mean, definitely Calvin has had record wise, the upper hand in the rivalry overall the past decade, but it's not like, you know, hopes barely able to sniff a win here and there. I mean, they're definitely most regularly winning one of the three matchups per year, except for the, a couple of years. So, um, but to have them win two in a row kind of proves, you know, that the spring wasn't a fluke and that their system is working um, and that they're, you know, that, that they're, they really are one of those top five, six teams in the nation. I mean, like this is, that one didn't count for the league standings because since they do just the single yeah. round Robin, um, they, they have one that is, and then to their, to the rivalry's credit, they said when, when the MIAA announced that they're doing that, the volleyball coaches got together with the athletic directors and said, we want to play this twice every year. Yeah. This is the bre this is the best rivalry in the country. And at least for division three, it is. Yeah. And you're not going to get any better competition. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like each other. rivalry sake. You're doing it because you're both really good. Right. So it, it's, it's mutually beneficial even to the losing team every yeah. time. Um, and who doesn't want to play in that environment? There yeah. were a couple of thousand people in Van Nord Arena for a Division Three college volleyball match. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Like, and it, it's like that all the time. There's you regularly, you know, one of the a couple of the matches when they were ranked one and two, the years they won back to back national titles. Though, like the four or there, I guess it was the six matches that those two years were like some of them were over three, well over three thousand people, wow. and it's just like this is amazing <laughs> and why wouldn't you want your players to play in that you know there's more people at those matchups that are in the final the ncaa finals yeah that's pretty wild so it's uh it was definitely uh it was definitely lived up to the rivalry now that one i wasn't stunned kind of like the high school match it was stunned that it didn't go the way 
I want or not that I wanted to. That's not what I was going to say. The way that I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like the, I, I have covered almost all of the Hope Calvin matchups the past decade. And I know to expect the unexpected because yeah. things happen. Now that didn't stop me from having a whole story written like Hope was losing <laughs> and having to delete it in the middle of the fourth at once they won the fourth set. But, uh, you know, that's no harm, no foul. You know, that's, you know, being being ready as a journalist. That happens a lot. Sometimes the best stories often happen when you have to delete the story first, um, sure. start over. So um, but it was uh, it was a really good performance by Hope. Maggie Weirmeyer, the libero from from Hope was fantastic in the back row. She shattered the school record with 44 digs in a match i mean the previous high in a five-set match was like 37 so she shattered by seven um she was uh the re- read the sentinel for a story about her uh, by the time this airs that story will be live i mean her her performance was pretty epic um and then their hitters were able to get things done um mckenna otto had a big match anna grunwald had a big match rose thompson had a huge match after getting hurt and coming back uh to help to help win that match um getting a block on set point when she came in on set point after being out her rolling her ankle a little bit um it was just crazy momentum swings and crazy um you know back and forth as as expected the crazy that, that actually is not so crazy it's, yeah it's become expected but um hope setter tracy wester was able to get the ball to everybody um and it was another epic battle within the battle the best hitter on calvin is heidi westra yes they're sisters um so that i love that part of the rivalry that there's a sisters on opposite sides i've never really seen that in any sport like that i mean i've seen that like maybe one sibling goes to one and one sibling goes to the other they play different sports or they're the ages are different enough or whatever but the fact that they're one year apart and they're playing three years of head-to-head volleyball in the best rivalry in the country. Yeah. Uh, her, their mom sits there with a, they're both number 13. She's got one of those split jerseys with Hope oh, and Calvin yeah. on either side with the third one at the one and one has the three of 13, um, which is really fun. Um, so uh, she has, she wins every match. The mom wins every match and loses every match. <laughs> so um, it's just, uh, just really interesting. Um, and they've both won multiple times now. So it's not like, you know, it hasn't even gotten to the point where mom's got to root for one kid over the other. <laughs> um, but uh, so they both experienced that, which is, which is fun, but uh, that's gotta be a really interesting dynamic. Oh, um, uh, I think uh, it was Heidi from Calvin that, that said in the press conference that they don't talk a ton leading up to the match, but they send each other texts each day, 10 day, like the one that gives <laughs> yeah. the count on 10 days, nine days, eight days. Uh, so, which is pretty fun. So, um, but yeah, I mean, big win for hope. Um, anytime you win at Calvin is huge. Anytime you can come back and win at Calvin is even bigger. And anytime you can do it two two live matchups in a row, I mean, it was different seasons because it was the spring, but it was mostly the same people, and it was just a few months ago. Yeah. So, um, same same calendar year now, both in twenty twenty one. So that's a big big deal for them, um, for sure. Now, the whole football team had a little easier. Yeah, I mean, it, the score was lopsided. It was, they beat Kalamazoo sixty seven to nothing, um, and it was honestly just one of the most impressive feats of football I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, I was talking to Coach Thurzma. Uh, before the game leading up to it. And, and he had said, even though they're three and one and they just beat a team by like 40 points the week before uh, they've been playing so sloppy. And so like, I don't want to say poorly, but they've just been playing sloppy and making a ton of mistakes. And this was the most precise clinical game of football I've ever seen. Um, they played, uh, I have a stats right in front of me. Uh, the, the biggest stat that jumped out to me that I didn't even realize I was just looking at the stats right now is I'm a big uh, proponent of money downs, third and fourth downs. I think those are how you win and lose games. Um, they held Kalamazoo on third down to O for 15. Wow. Uh, fourth downs, they went one of two, and that was a fake punt um, that went for 11 yards in the first quarter. Hope's defense was so good that the Kalamazoo's leading rusher at halftime was the punter for an 11-yard rush, and the punter finished as the second leading rusher. On the That's team. crazy. And he only had that one rush for 11 yards. Um 
I, the, the offense was fantastic. Eight different people scored a touchdown. They wow. got all six quarterbacks on the roster into the game. Um, Chase Brown, who's their starting quarterback, he played the whole first half. He threw the ball 13 times, completed 10 of them for 274 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Joey, he played one drive, one or two drives in the second half. He threw seven for seven for 86 yards and a touchdown. Um, Ian Rampersant was, was the, the, the highlight of the day. He made the most absurd catch I think I've ever seen in person. Um, there's a video of it on, on Hope College's Twitter account. I retweeted it. Um, it was like third and 12. It was right before halftime. I'm thinking, okay, Hope's probably going to punt. This is their longest third and situation of the day. Um, so I'm just getting ready, getting down, like getting ready to go to the other side to, to take pictures of uh, the, the gunners coming down to, to tackle the punt returner. And third and 12, uh, Chase Brown just unloads one. He's rolling across, unloads it late across his body, which is never a good sign. Um, and it just goes like way over Ian Rampersand's head. But he just comes up out of nowhere, catches the ball like behind him with two fingers, basically, um, and brings it in for a 14-yard catch. And then two plays later, they score like a 54-yard touchdown. Um, That's crazy. And yeah, Hope didn't punt until 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They scored on every possession until that point, um, a field goal on their first possession and then touchdowns the rest of the way. Um, it was, it was just absurd. And the defense played fantastic. Adam Vanderkoy had two interceptions on the day. Um, that makes three for his career. So to, to, um, added to his previous one, I mean, just everything, 668 yards of total offense, um, which is the second most in Peter Sturzman's five seasons there. Um, the most at a home game. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was impressive. It was everything they did, even when they made mistakes, like there was one um, point after attempt that was a bad snap. The kicker picked it up and ran it in for a two point conversion. Awesome. Like, everything that even when something went wrong, they, they turned it into a positive. It was just, That's it crazy. was just impressive. It was, I, I don't know what else to say other than it was extraordinarily impressive. That's awesome. And you know, every team needs a win like that to get, everything yeah. rolling, get fired up, get the confidence going, especially it was their MIAA opener getting into and the, you know, the conference season. They get to keep the wooden shoes for another year. Um, for sure. He's never lost them in his five, uh, six seasons uh, or six years, five seasons. Um, but yeah, and they got a bye week this week and then they got, I believe, Adrian coming in um, who are undefeated. So that should be a really good game. We're undefeated as of the time of recording TBD on what they do this week coming up. For sure, for sure. So that'll be a, that'll be a really good game. That will be a good game. It'll be a good good uh, good hype to get back in after the bye week. To yeah, also, they go on the road. To the it's not in Holland. They go on the road. Um, gotcha. So. Yeah, Adrian, and that's a uh, Adrian is a uh, that's uh, a little bit of a rowdy place to play. Is it? Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that'll be a fun. Uh, that hopefully we'll have the fun atmosphere like it used to have. Yeah. Um, for that, especially with both teams being um, pretty good, pretty good, yeah, and at least as of now, obviously both teams in the hunt, yeah, for I the MIAA at least. So even Kalamazoo is technically still in the hunt for the MIAA at this point, even though right you know, that game doesn't bode well for them, right, for sure. But I mean, it's the uh, thing about this game against Kalamazoo was is that every single game before this that they played was like a one possession game. They played every team like within three to seven points. Really? Yeah. They, they, they lost one game to like a perennial powerhouse in Iowa by like 50, um, which, you know, Iowa is really good D3 football, but every right. other game they played, they lost like 21 to 20, 17 to 20, 24 to 23. Wow. Hope just comes out and just annihilates them from the jump. That's right. another reason why it was so impressive because Kalamazoo is not like, at least this season, they haven't proven to be a, overly horrendous team like they've proven to be a solid team right um, they've only won one game but they're all really close so it's like all right i expected maybe a hope win by two touchdowns right but to win by 67 points right that's a lot yeah if you would have told me that the game was going to be like 35 14 or 35 17 yeah i mean that may yeah that's probably what i thought would have happened so yeah interesting very interesting um it was definitely uh, I feel like definitely it was in a way, even though it was a blowout, that it was more interesting than a lot of our high school matchups. Oh, all the high school matchups. Yeah. I mean, this was Most of those were blowouts one way or the other. Yeah. This, this hope game was a blowout in terms of it was like the cleanest football I've ever seen in my life. Um, high school games were just blowouts because really bad mismatchups, uh, like Zealand West playing Wyoming, which was just doomed from the start. 
Right. East beat up on Union pretty good. Yeah. Um, Muskegon beat uh, shutout Holland, which is, I mean, yeah. the shutout may be unexpected. The, them winning is not unexpected no, at all. That was. Um, I, I watched Holland Christian uh, get beat pretty, pretty yeah. good by Allendale 40. What is it? 43 six or something like that. Yeah. Um, Holland Christian, they just looked out of sorts. I mean, like they they just, the passes were just, you know, you know, two feet behind the receiver or two feet over their head or everything like that. And then the uh, same thing on defense, they were, you know, they were almost in the right place, most of the plays. So, but you, all those little things add up to big plays because you can't, if, you know, if every pass is just a little bit off, you're not going to complete them. And if every, you know, almost tackle, you're not going to tackle them, you know? So it's just, it didn't seem, it didn't seem like they were that, playing that bad but they were but it was you know what i mean like it was one of those where you're just like why why are they not able to do anything and it's just it was just odd i almost feel bad for the defense because i know i'm obviously a small school and like you know a lot of kids play both ways so they're gonna be tired regardless but like playing defense is just different than playing offense so like if you're going three and out three and out three and out and then you have to get right back on the field and chase dudes around where you don't know where they're gonna be right exhausted so so yeah the Holland Christian defense, I mean, they lost the game seven to three. Right. If you allow seven points in a high school football game, you need to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, I feel bad for the defensive side, but they just, you know, they need to, because it's, it's the same guys. Um, right. But you right. It's just, yeah. Like exerting all that energy on defense, and then you come back to offense, and you're just like, oh, we're going to go three and out again. And then Right. And you could tell. I mean, it, yeah. if you go back and look at two, it just like how many – drives almost looked good then they punted and then they gave up a touchdown on the first or second play yeah you know it just it just adds up where it's not just i mean it's physically exhausting but it's also mentally draining oh yeah so you've got all that added up and then it's just you know second half comes around they got no shot i mean because they're you can't just bounce back from all of that no i mean you could rest up physically at halftime and maybe oh, even mentally, it's really hard to do both in that short amount of time when you're behind by a bunch and try to flip a switch. Yeah, and then at that point, your game plans out the window, and you just got to sling it all right. around and do whatever you got to do to try and get back into it. And then right. ninety percent of the time, you just dig yourself into a bigger hole than you than you would have. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I want to kind of. I don't think I'm gonna be able to just because the season's almost over. But I want to go out and see Holland Christian again, just because it's just such a stark contrast to what I saw in Week One. From, from right. what I've heard and what I've seen, um, and what you've said, it's just, it's just I, I'm very in- interested into seeing, you know, that team I saw in week one that looked so good, put up 59 points, um, and then since then they've only put up like 15 points or more, I think once since that. Right, and then on the flip side, Holland had no points or six points six. in that first game, and then most of the games since, except for the Muskegon game this past week, they're in the 40s at Twelve. least. I was just doing this when I was writing the scouting reports. I added up, I, even with the shutout from last week and the six points from week one, um, you know, total together, they're still averaging like 32 points a game. Right. Which is right. like insane considering I, they played six games. I really want to see them play again. I do too. I mean, I think that would be, uh, I think that would be really interesting. And, yeah. you know, just with the, just cause there's, I mean, it would be interesting anyway. I think some of the rivalries should play twice here anyway, in my opinion. But, like, everything that's happened since that game has been so different and so uh, dramatically, uh, you know, intriguing in a lot of ways. Like, it's not like that happens every year. No. Um, it's, it's, it's just really fascinating, um, you know, how both teams kind of turn. I don't know if that game winning by so much got Holland Christian overconfident and that played a part in some things, but that shouldn't be playing a part this far. Five weeks later. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one week, but not five. Right. But then Holland was so bad, but their offense started clicking and now they're scoring 40 some points a game. I could be Uh, wrong too, but like just because obviously I haven't seen them play physically, but it seems Holland Christian is like getting worse. Like their, their offense, like they're just getting worse. They're not scoring points and their defense, like, 
in the first few weeks after the Holland Christian game, like they give up like 20 something, maybe 15, so the one game they gave up seven, but now they're giving up like 30, 40. Right. Well, and it's like too, like Holland Christian's quarterback reads Taylor. I mean, like he, like I said, the, the passes were just out of the reach. Yeah. Or just behind or just over the already yeah. taller receiver. Like I feel like, you know, those, those click in, it's a whole different game, but like, but it was a, it wasn't like one or two like that. It was like almost all of them. It was yeah. just, it just, they just looked out of sorts. And I don't know how much of that was him or where the receiver was supposed to be or what the defense was doing. You know, it's hard to keep track of all that at once for every play, but like, yeah, they just looked out of sorts and it was just uh, like, that's not like they, I, you know what I mean? Like when sometimes you see a team get beat and you just, they just get beat. Yeah, because they're they're doing their best and they're not playing as well as the other team or a team wins. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can win. But this was one of the few games this season where the where a team looked just completely out of sorts. It was just weird. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'd like to see him again, but it's so it's just so weird hearing you say all this stuff because the the images I have in my head of Hong Christian is just like, wow, that team looked so good that one night. And right. then have like physically of seeing them play because we cover right. eight different schools and we don't really hit the same team twice unless it's like a big matchup. So right, because we're yeah, we're our, obviously our goal if for you listeners going, why aren't you going to see them again? We you know there's eight teams and nine weeks and two of so, us and two of us. So we're I mean we obviously got some freelancers too, but we want to make sure that we see everybody if possible um, or as many teams as possible. We obviously we. Um, you know, we pick our all area teams at the end. We want to make sure that we're seeing teams. And then this way we can discuss stuff where I can discuss what I saw. I mean, taking example, the Holland Christian game that we're just talking about, I'm going to look at them and think about them a lot differently than Will is because of what happened at the games rev, but that creates the dialogue. Like if, if it was just one or the other, you know, there's not necessarily that balance there in evaluating players and stuff too. I mean, that's part of the reason we're there too, is to kind of, you know, hone in on the key players and kind of evaluate them as well. Cause we need to be able to compare them. It's really hard to compare uh, a lot of athletes sheerly by numbers, especially, especially linemen. You can't really. No, I yeah, mean, you can't all. So, so we'll, I mean, it's not like, and it's, and, and us saying that, you know, we're hoping we'll see them again is not meaning none of our staff is going to see them again. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to clarify that for all the listeners there that we're not, you know, we're, we're trying to give to as many games as we can. And we're trying to make sure we see each teams. It's just ends up being harder at the end of the season. Cause there's sometimes one or one team, usually one team, but hopefully not too much more than one team that one of us hasn't seen because of the way things worked out. And yeah. then they aren't going to be a playoff team. You, you know, the teams that are playoff teams end up, you know, they give us more time, like an extra week at least to, to, you know, kind of sh- shuffle that around. So, yeah. um, so, uh, you know, another tough loss for West Ottawa too. Um, yeah. Caledonia took care I of them. Mean, they're playing like, like I've, I've said this a few times on the, on the podcast and I've told you and, and written about it. They're playing better every week. Like they scored 22 this week and that was their high, to- their high point total for the year. Um, the week before that, like, it seems like every week they're, they're clicking better on offense. Like the week before that, they hit 20 points for the first time all year this year, they hit, this week they hit 22. Um, and I think this week is, is, I know we said this when they played East Kentwood, I think this week is their best chance to win a game this season. Cause, um, the record of the two teams they play combined over the next two weeks after they play Jenison is nine and three. So they're not, they're not going to win either of those games. Um, right. And one of those losses was to the other. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a close game too. It was like by three yeah. or four points. Um, but no, so Caledonia or, or Jenison who they play this week has given up like 101 points in their last two weeks. And they've only scored like 26. Right. Um, I mean, granted they're playing okay. Right. Competition. So like it's a lot, but like West Ottawa, if you just compare those that and, and how these teams are trending heading into this game, I mean, West Ottawa looks like the better team just based on that. I haven't seen Jenison play, obviously, because they're not in our coverage area and they haven't played a team in our coverage area. But just based on numbers and what I'm looking at, Jenison looks like they're vulnerable. And that means West Ottawa could potentially get their first win of, you know, the last three years. Right. And that's, I mean, I don't, you know, root for anybody because, you know, we are objective reporters here. But I don't want to see anybody go winless. For their career. Well, especially, yeah, for three years of yeah. some of these, 
there's a couple of you know guys who are starting as sophomores for West Ottawa that have been three year starters um, and go winless in a. I mean, like that's, that's you don't want to. Nobody, nobody, uh, nobody deserves that. That's for sure. But, no. but at the same point, you know, it's just not like that's. That's I mean, that's the peaceful purpose of high school sports, right? And we had four on. We had four winless teams last year. Yeah, and to go winless one day, like yeah, it's tough and it's it's not right. fun. But to go winless your entire career, right? Well, three of those teams have won at least one game this year. Yeah, Holland won one. Holland Christian won one. And Fenville's uh, won three. Fenville, yeah, we got to talk about Fenville later, but right. And so it's so uh, so I don't root for anybody. I root for the kids, not the team. Yeah, you know? right. But I I don't want to see West Ottawa lose and go winless again i mean that's that's just stinks so um so we're rooting for you panthers go get them um so then we got uh hamilton not uh hamilton was the one non-blowout right it was like a real game i mean it was still a uh i think it was a 17 point game 16 point game so but it was the only game within three scores so right right i mean that's that, that's kind of a blowout, but not not what we saw. In not the- on the sliding scale of how the week went. <laughs> no, God, no. So, it, I mean, the, the, same thing. I mean, you, they get behind. You know, it's the stuff we've talked about before. I mean, they're they're a good team. I still think they have a chance, you know, to make yeah. the playoffs. It just kind of depends. Uh, if they can get – I think it really just depends on if they can get the early lead. If they can score yeah. first, yeah, just- uh, I think they got a chance in every game the rest of the way. Yeah, and, and this is the one other team that I haven't had a chance opportunity to see yet, but but I did a lot with them in the preseason, watched a lot of their practice, and I know they're a very heavy flex uh, flex bone, like run first team, um, triple option kind of thing. So if they can just – if they don't get behind early, even if they don't win, or even if they don't take a lead, if they cannot get behind by multiple scores, like right. if you're a triple option team and you get behind multiple scores, that's tough. Yeah, so, you got to be able to have the big play dynamic like Zealand West has. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. And, and yeah. And I don't think, I mean, they do have it to an extent, but it's, it's not there like it is for Zealand West all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, like even, even at the college level, like you watch a team like Navy play, Navy's not going to come back from a multiple score deficit in, in a quarter. I mean, they, they actually did this week. They beat UCF, but they were down by 13 with like four minutes left and they won somehow. Um, but that was like the first time ever right. that's happened. So right. like, it's just, it's hard systematically. Yeah, because you're just you're not built to throw the ball. You're just not. You're built to have like six fullbacks in, in your formation and just run the ball. Right. You create a lot of deception, and you just don't have the speed on the outside. And you know, sometimes you get lucky, but some right. time you don't. Right. For sure. And then we had a couple of blowouts in the local team's favor with Sagatuck and Fenville winning big. Um, Those are massive. Blowouts. Let's let's start with Sagatuck. You were at that game. They beat Coleman by quite a bit. Yeah. Um, just what what was it about them that dominated so well? What what looked good? I mean, Sagatuck is, you know, again the couple losses they have are right. They're four and two. Yes, they're four and two now. Yeah, so, I mean, the couple losses they had were to really good, perennial good teams. It's and not they, like well, one loss was a blowout in week one, but their second loss was like a last second, like right. They lost. They gave up a touchdown with like twenty six seconds to yeah. go or something like that. High game. Um, so. no, but Sagatuck, so, so, I mean, for the first quarter or the first half, really, it looked like, like, okay, this might be a competitive game. Like Sagatuck looked really good on offense. They were just really pounding the ball. They were, I mean, they're pounding the ball and I, they, they run sort of a similar thing to, um, Zealand West where they run a T a wing T as opposed to Hamilton who runs a flex bone. So it's a little different, but, um, yeah, they looked really good on offense. Defense was like, you know, giving up some, some plays here or there, especially in the passing game, like some, some, some spots in the zone. Um, they were running, but you know, the, the Coleman never really threatened much until the last two or so minutes of the first half. Um, but Hamilton or, or, or Sagatuck's offense was, was sputtering a bit. They gave, they, they coughed the ball up a couple of times. So turnovers, um, especially in the red zone. Um, so it was only like 20 to nothing towards the end of the half, which is like, uh, it's a substantial lead, but it's not like crazy. Right. Coleman goes down the scores, misses an extra point. So now it's 20 to six. And you're like, okay, we might have our game here. We might have like a game here because 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 you know Coleman's got size up front on on Sagatuck, um, so they can push him around and maybe get back into it. And then Coleman makes quite possibly the most absurd. I don't know if it was a coaching decision. I don't know if it was just a mistake by the kicker. He made the worst, 
most egregious mistake I've ever seen made in a high school football game. He kicked the ball on the ensuing kickoff to Benny Diaz, who directly direct, like directly to him. Like Benny was lined up on the right side of the field on the 20 yard line. And he kicked it to the right side of the field. Um, Maybe he just didn't realize that was Benny, but for y'all who don't know, Benny Diaz is the reigning two time state 110 and 300 meter hurdle champion and came in second place in the hundred meter uh, dash. Um, one of the fastest, I think he's like number 11th in the country high schoolers when he was at the junior Olympics. I mean, this kid is blazing fast. Um, Benny the jet. You Benny, bet. I mean, he scored a 54 touchdown, 54 yard touchdown run earlier in the game. Um, you know, if there's like 30 seconds left in the half, why are you kicking the ball to Benny Diaz? Why are you kicking it to anybody? 30 seconds left in the half. Especially, yes, exactly. Um, but, but to Benny Diaz of all people. And then so he takes back 80 yards to the house. They go up 26, 27-6, and that's yeah, that's game. They just Coleman's, Coleman's wind in their sails was out. They just, you know, dominated, dominated, dominated in the second half and um just kept putting up points, man. And it was it was it was it was impressive to watch because this is my first time seeing Saga Tech. I knew they were a run-heavy team. Um and I was really expecting Benny Diaz to like get you know, the, the, the lion's share of the carries and, 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 and the yards, but they have like, a, they have three backs there that are really good. They, they have right. guys who, you know, when, when you run a system like that, you're going to have like a massive humanity and like one ride receiver line of ride. So like the, the Coleman defense was crashing the line, just trying to get like bodies there. But if you make one man miss, there's nobody in the secondary. So right. if you make one man miss, you're gone. Or you're right. gone for at least like 20 to 40 yards. If, if they can catch up to you. Um, right. And if it's Benny, you're definitely gone. Um, right. Side, side note, I was that one receiver in that system <laughs> in high school that just stood out there on the side, just took my guy out. They threw three passes to me all all year, one year. I just I just I just kind of stood over there. Uh, no, but then so you have, you have Benny Diaz who like Benny Diaz commands the attention of the defense because they know who he is, right? Or you think you would know who he is unless you're a kicker on um, Coleman. Um right. And then yeah, Ben Drew behind him, who's really good, who he had like 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. And then you have um, John Harderink, who's who's really good too. Their quarterback's really good who at, at making those decisions. And he got into the end zone once on like a three-yard run. Um, yeah, it's just really impressive. And their defense was great too. They had they had seven turnovers. If you include turnovers on downs as turnovers, which I do because they essentially are a, a turnover, a, a change of possession. Right. Um, they had seven turnovers. They had four interceptions. Um, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was really, I mean, a lot of that was Coleman's quarterback just pressing and making bad mistakes when they were down late. Sure. Uh, but man, it we're was still getting, Sogatuck's getting supremely better every week. Yeah. It seems like it. I mean, outside of that first week when they, they lost like 60 something to 20 or whatever, um, they've been, I, I've been very impressed with just like the stats I'm seeing off them. And it's, it's obviously usually going to be those first three or four guys who are, who are the running backs who are going to get all the yards, but I mean, they're very, they're, they're very good and they're very impressive. And, and Bill right. Dunn, who, who's, the, who's the coach out there is, is doing a uh, very good job. Uh, right. And that, that first game that they, that they lost, they got, they got beat bad. And I mean, it was, they had six fumbles. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, so that made it look worse than it was. But they're also playing White Pigeon, which is the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, and a team that's going to go multiple rounds in the playoffs again this year. So it's not like, you know, I mean, there's for, – for week one, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, they want to beat White Pigeon, and they have the ability to beat White Pigeon, especially later in the season if they have a rematch or something like that. But they got to see – a team like that straight up and see what happens when you cough the ball up six times. Well, I think so. if there's one thing to critique Saga Tech on, it would be coughing the ball because they had two turnovers. Like their first offensive play of the game, they just stopped Coleman on a three and out. Um, they get the ball back round midfield, maybe their own 40. And then Ben Drew goes on like this, you know, 56 yard run, gets him down to the five. Next play, they fumble on a snap um, and they don't get any points out of it. So, and then Benny Diaz fumbled later in the game in the first half. Um, and I think there was another fumble in, in the second half when, when, when there was backups in. Um, but if, there, if there's any critiques, it would just be, you know, cleaning up the turnovers. But it, it, was, a, it was a really clean game from them offensively and defensively, especially that second half when, when they just skyrocketed past Coleman. Crazy. Yeah. Not quite as crazy as Fenville's game. They beat yeah. Bloomingdale 78-22. to 22. 
I saw Holland Christian score like 82 or something like that, 84, one, one game where they scored like five defensive touchdowns. Oh, this is the second highest score I've seen yeah, in I my time here. 78 to 22. And I mean, you got to account that it's eight man. So like eight man's highest scoring in general, but right. Still. Right. But yeah. still that's an awful lot of that's points. Cool. Um, so they, they, and it was a record breaking victory. I mean, it was a school record for them with 78, but seven interceptions that their defense made is an eight man state record from the MHSAA. Ben Peterson threw seven touchdown passes, which is tied for first for eight man touching or eight man passing touchdowns in a game. It's also, he also had all of them in the first half, which is a record. And it's the third most ever for eight man touchdowns in a game. There's been a couple of people that have rushed for more um, in a game. And uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of sick. That's, that's I mean, that when, when I saw the score, when, when, when coach Ross sent it in Saturday night, cause I was obviously at the hope game. Um, so he, he, he sent me a text with all the stuff in it. And I was just like, I mean, this has to be a typo, right? There's no way. Um, and he's like, no, that's, that's, that's right. And I was like, there's no way that's, that's just insane. Like does have seven touchdowns in a first half, seven touchdowns in general in a game, seven touchdowns over two games is crazy. Let alone right. in a half. That's like 24 right. minutes of football, right? Seven touchdowns. Right. And on the defensive side, you know, seven interceptions, which is an absurd amount. Some people don't, some teams don't get that for an entire season. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Fenville, they started out the season real rough and had a really rough schedule. They were 0-3, but now they're on a three-game win streak. Um, they were playing some, like, lower-tier teams. Yeah, obviously, this team is not great. I mean, they're, no, no. We, have, we had a rusher that was Makai Weimer for Fenville, had three carries for 101 yards. I think there's a lot of three carries of 100-plus yards. Right, and seven interceptions. A lot of people at that. I mean, Ben Peterson threw no interceptions and had two on defense himself. Yeah. There was a kickoff return for a touchdown. Three receivers had almost or over a hundred yards receiving. You know, a casual, casual Saturday afternoon. Right, obviously, uh, Bloomingdale not that great. Um, so but at the same time, it's a big deal to get a game like this. Like we were saying for Hope, where everything goes right, you build the confidence in some of the guys that are. I mean, obviously, Ben Peterson. And the Scott brothers have been playing well all year. Yes. And I, I think one of, one of the biggest things like coming into this week would be um, that, A, I know three players, I think, maybe two or three on Fenville scored their first varsity touchdowns um, right. game, which is huge. Um, it just gets that – because, you know, when, when you're up or, or when you're, you're in, a, in a tight game or you're up big or down big, like you, you get you – get, uh, you, you don't get those opportunities for, for the younger kids to get in if, if, if right. it's as opposed to if you're up big or down big. So just getting these these guys, you know, experience and, and successful experience right. at the eight-man level, which none of them have ever played before this year, is right. going to be huge when they go into games like this week when they face a team that's like, this is probably the best team they've played since week three. So this is gonna, th- this week coming in is, is going to say a lot about, you know, where, where they, they actually week? are and, or how much of it was just we were playing really – uh, struggling teams, you know. Right. Do you know who they're playing? I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, okay. Because that's, I mean, this is this is an interesting storyline this season. With we thought they had no chance at anything. All of a sudden, they're three and three. Yes, and and three and three and playing some really good offense. They are right. playing North Point Christian. North Point would, Christian. That's right. They're two and four. Um, oh, I'm sorry. They're four and two. Um, okay. But so yeah. who knows? I mean, if you, they can pull an upset or whatever they could they could be a playoff team we're they're in the conversation for being a playoff team which neither one of us thought was possible at the beginning of the year no i, I will say that their last two maybe three i'm checking the record of the third school right now um okay so their, their final game is against try unity who has one win on the year so they can beat them um they played north point who's three and two and then they play one other team, Montebella, and Montebella is really good. So that's going to be the biggest test they have. Montebella is four and two. Um, so 
that's going to be the biggest test is, is, is Montebello. But right, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, who knows? At, at this point, who knows? We've seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows from Fenville this year. Um, right, so it's really, just for a lot of our teams this year, actually. Yeah, yeah uh, not so many highs as as there have been lows, but yes, um, Fenville yeah. has been the most you know diametrically. Uh, who knows what's going to happen on any given week? Uh, right, but, makes it kind of fun. I, I look forward to Saturday afternoons when, when Rich sends me in the score. Um, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always like, oh, what's going to happen with Fenville this week? Because right. he plays on Saturdays for some reason. Um, right. But no, yeah, it'll. Uh, I'm interested. I'm 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 out of town this weekend. I'm not going to be at. at uh, I'm, I'm going to be out of town this weekend, so I won't be at a game. But, but I'm going to be checking the Sentinel site on Saturday night just to see what happened with Fenville because I'm curious. Right. For sure. Yeah. You never know. I mean, it's. It's uh, it's one of those years I feel like for everybody. So this will be an interesting week, as you know, like we said, West Idaho plays Jenison, trying to get their first win. Yep. Uh, Zealand East uh, plays Wyoming, uh, trying to get you know playoff eligible, and Zealand West plays Union, which could be really. I mean, Union is a really just interesting matchup because they have a couple of just amazingly fast athletes, kind of Benny Diaz style. Yeah, uh, their quarterback and their running back. So like, they just they haven't been. They have big play potential play. all the time. Yeah, but they have team wise, they're just not quite there yet. I mean, they like Holland almost beat them. That was a great game. Um, they're, they're one and four in their last, or, or, or one and three in their last four games. So like they're right, but they're also in the green. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like it's it's again, it's hard to really judge when you got both Zealand schools and. Mona Shores and Muskegon in one league. Yeah. I mean, if, if so they play Zealand West this week and Zealand East beat them pretty handily. Right. In, in- yeah. I was impressed with Zealand East's defense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, Zealand East is a team that is, is another one that's gotten better every week. I think um, they started the season off with a pretty tough schedule, but they're, you know, they're, they're getting better every week. And I think Joe Woodruff's doing a pretty solid job over there in year one as, as head coach. Um, He's got good athletes there for sure. Um, and and they have probably the best kicker that we cover in Paige Wester. I mean, I yep, saw her, absolutely I saw her hit like a 40 something yarder in practice one day, and I was like, good lord, like yeah, that's insane. Um, yeah, no, she's clearly been the best kicker in our area for yeah. sure. She's um, making tackles, kickers don't make tackles, right? <laughs> um, and it's yeah, she's just fun to watch. She just adds an extra layer of intrigue and fun. Yeah, yeah. To an already fun team. Yeah, I, I, I would say I covered them a lot in practices um, when I was working on a, a, a more in-depth story about one of their running backs um, or wide receivers, I, I should say. Yeah, well, you never know. Shea Bay's just everywhere on the field. Shea Bay's just, Shea Bay's just an offensive <laughs> guy. Um, so I watched a lot of them in practice, but I haven't got a chance to see them in a game yet. So I will be going to the Bird Bowl, um, Zealand East versus West, not this week, so I'm not time, but that's next week. Um, so October, what, 15th or something like that? Yep. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that'll be my first chance. And I, I know those are two, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's kind of a throw records out the window game. But, you know, you don't really have to throw records out the window when both teams are that good. So it's right. going to be fun. Yeah, it's, it, there's nothing quite like it for sure. So, um, yeah. And then so just real quick before we sign off, I mean, so we've got both Zealand East and West looking like playoff. playoffs. Saugatuck. Looking like the playoffs. playoffs, but Fenville and Hamilton are not out of it. No, I think Fen. It's hard. It's hard for me to say because I haven't seen Hamilton play yet, and I have seen Fenville play, and I can tell the progression is getting better. But I also don't know what it's going to be like when they face a team that's you know halfway decent. Right. Um, so this week is going to say a lot about Fenville, like I already said. Absolutely, yeah. Hamilton is looking like it's you know less and less likely every week um are they two and four yeah they've only this is they've, they've only had two yeah weeks. see i feel like this this past week might have been that pivotal yeah, moment and their schedule was really tough and fruit right. fruitport who they lost to um right they lost fruitport yeah yeah um, so they lost to fruitport who they lost to only had one win coming into this week and, and both teams had played like brutal schedules like co- a co- combination of their two opposing records was like 25 and three or something. Right. Like right. I mean, like really the, we thought that the blue and then it kind of was last year was a much reprieve for Hamilton and Holland Christian from the green they were in with the Muskegons and the Zealands of the world. Yeah. But 
Spring Lake has emerged as really good. I think they're still undefeated. Coopersville's always decent. Unity Christian is looking like a state champion contender. And West Catholic is doing really well, too. So you put all those teams in, and it's, again, it's another kind of a gauntlet. All three, the red, the green, and the blue are now um, gauntlets. I mean, the red always has been. Um, And and for football, the green always has been. Yeah. Um, But it's just – it's remarkable how much top to bottom the blue has elevated. Yeah, it seems like it's a really good football conference. So that that's just another reason why I think Hamilton's likelihood of playoffs is, is diminishing, especially that Fruitport game's a game you really need to win. Well, um, you gotta if you have four losses, you gotta win out and you gotta have enough playoff points now. So yeah, um, yeah. I gotta so, figure out how that system works. I, I still don't fully understand the playoff point system. I gotta learn that before this week yeah, well six and three gets you in well last year was all different because they had everybody make the playoffs because of covid yeah well yeah um but so six six and three gets you in a, uh automatically five and five and four you are eligible um but it's about playoff points they kind of use uh they pick off the top five and four teams to kind of round out the field oh okay okay so um it's always been a little confusing and so, we'll yeah, so Hamilton definitely needs to win out um so that's – I don't know who's left on their schedule. Um, but they've already played Unity Christian, West Catholic, and Spring Lake. Yes. They play Holland Christian. Okay, yes, they play Holland Christian. Um, um, so who do they have this week as you're working on those previews? Yeah, I got their schedule right here. I'm pulling it up. So they got Coopersville, Holland Christian, and Allendale. Yeah, Allendale this week. They're all winnable. Yeah, I know. But they're but, not all easy. No, I – I would say there's at least I don't I don't even want to say guaranteed win, but likely win. Um, well, and that's a rivalry game, game too. I mean, them playing Holland Christian, that's a rivalry game too. So that is one of those. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. mean, that's I mean the whole his. Uh, so for you, uh, you listeners that are still listening all the way uh, this far into the podcast, God bless you for one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I try as Will is you know relatively new to the area, trying to explain to him the dynamic of Holland christian and their rivalries so like holland versus holland christian is like i'm i'm uh holland christian in this scenario is michigan okay holland is ohio state hamilton is michigan state in terms of where their rivalry is holland and holland christian will tell you each that their biggest rivalry is each other okay yeah 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 but Hamilton will tell you that Holland Christian is the biggest rival, like Michigan State does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's that's kind of like the triangle of, uh, and some and 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 part of it is Holland has when Holland is bad, they're real bad. So then the Hamilton Holland Christian matchup does become the better game, the bigger yeah. game, um, you know, at times and stuff too. And and it definitely that plays factors in other sports as well. It's a bigger Hamilton Holland Christian is a bigger rivalry in volleyball or swimming or other things than it is with Holland. But then Holland versus Holland Christian is a bigger rivalry in basketball, at least boys basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, other things like that. So, and tennis um, and soccer. So it's just, it's just an interesting dynamic um, with that, uh, that same kind of, you know, triangle of, of rivalries. So, um, so that's, that's not a gimme even though Holland Christian's not playing very well right now. Allendale just beat Holland Christian pretty pretty bad, but but they're beatable. I'd say before they played Holland Christian, they had lost three straight. Yeah, and Coopersville, the same thing. Great word of West Catholic, Unity Christian, Coopersville. Right, Coopersville is always decent, and Hamilton versus Coopersville is usually a pretty good matchup. Yeah, Um, so – finish off so it's it's possible but then but even if they win even if they win out they gotta be in a do we have playoff points do we have like but they i'll be honest they should because if they're playing west catholic spring lake unity christian that's a ton of playoff points yeah spring lake just got their first loss this week but it was to unity christian right so So, i mean so those are big time playoff points so i feel like if hamilton wins out the likelihood of them making the playoffs is is good they just can't. Um, honestly, this, yeah, I, I mean, they can't lose another game. If they lose another no, game, they can't. No, they can't. That's it. And we'll see what happens. But so it'll be interesting to see. So it's looking like, for sh- look, I don't want to ever say for sure, but it's looking very promising that we'll have three playoff teams. But 
it's possible we have five. Who's the hell? Fenville? Fen- yeah, Fenville and Hamilton are the two possibilities. But yeah. again, they're they're not even even money bets at this point. No, I mean, uh, I think the, the safest bets are East-West Sog. East-West Sog, Doug. I can't imagine. If, unless something that, was catastrophically wrong. Right, I can't imagine them not. Right. Um, but, you know, strange things have happened. It's so, uh, exactly. So, um, yeah, and then uh, the right now we're in soccer playoff, or like the conference tournaments start yeah. for soccer later this week. Regionals for golf is now and tennis this week. Um, so we'll have more to talk about on those things next week. Um, and then we've got another, another week or so of, you know, or another two weeks of, you know, cross country volleyball starts their conference tournament later this week too. Mm-hmm. Um, hope plays Calvin and women's soccer this week yep. and in men's soccer next week. So we'll have time, we'll have things to talk about there too. So, uh, lots of sports to be had. We're having really nice temperatures in October here. So please get out and see some sports while you still can. Before and, uh, sitting out there alone, freezing my butt off. <laughs> so um, lots of good stuff to watch. So uh, for Will, I'm Dan. Have a great week, everybody.